All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Real Deal Podcast, brought to you by paintballaccess.com. I'm Matt Marshall, and, and uh, you know, since we've been doing this podcast, I've, I love this long-form format, so in case this is your first time here, what we do is we take the, you know, whoever, the, the best and the brightest of the luminaries of the paintball sport and, uh, and, and just talk to them for a long time and pick their brains and talk about their history and what they think about the sport and, and anything we could possibly think of. And, and uh, this whole time I've been stoked to, uh, or been wanting to have Oliver Lang get on the podcast because we're good buddies and have had lots of adventures together. So Oliver's here. Oliver, how you doing, bud? Uh, I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. Uh, finally, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to everybody out there in paintball land. I know, I know. I wish I could get a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more hands-on or face-to-face with all the fans out there and all the people that are inquiring about questions and whatnot. So this is a great chance for me to uh, to answer some questions for you and hopefully answer some questions for them. And well, every question is coming from me right now. Okay, let's just. I don't fire. have a list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's there was no accumulated questions beforehand. We could totally do one of those. No, 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 no. Let's uh, let's just let's just talk like we talk normally as uh, friends. And yeah, absolutely. Let's just pretend alone. that there aren't any even any recording devices in this establishment. Just kind what of recording bullshit for a little bit about? of time. <laughs> so, how how are you doing, man? I'm great, but I'm I'm actually wonderful. Um, obviously, we had a pretty stellar year, and that's just you know that just always kind of, um, you know, just makes it all worth it. So, <laughs> you know, after that, day-to-day, I'm doing excellent. Um, you know, business is great. I'm happy. How's the deli? Uh, the deli's great. Oliver, um, if you're in San Diego, first of all, Oliver's got a part owner of a deli called the Rubicon Deli, and I'm not just stroking you off because you're my buddy. They make the best sandwiches in San Diego. Yeah. we uh, actually And, and <laughs> you have a cool story about how the deli even came to be. Right, right. Wait, yeah. hold on. Do you still have the Rubicon Rock? I just want to know. I do have the Rubicon Rock. I actually have a couple Rubicon Rocks. Right? Yes, there's two. Two, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, we've been we've been in business now as we were sitting there talking today. It's going to be five years coming up here soon at the, at the beach location. So we've got two locations, one in Mission Beach and one in uh, Mission Hills. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, back in the day, you know, we PB kind of became the somehow the mecca of paintball I'm San pretty Diego. Sure, paintball I'm pretty sure yep. you but yeah but you made PB kind of the, the official <laughs> landing zone I, I remember you were one of the first ones to come in here and you were right it is a it is a beautiful place well so. I grew up five minutes from here so right right <laughs> kind of makes sense you know and so being a paintball guy you just um you know you don't have much to do during the day besides uh you know hang out with your friends or you know go do some sort of activity but a big part of the day was um where we're we gonna eat you know, hey, Maddie, where are we going to eat? Ryan, where are we going to eat? You know, Yosh, Alex, what's uh, what's for lunch? Where are we going? And uh, then I started meeting some other friends, and, um, you know, he was my kind of like my lunch buddy. You know, we obviously have all these friends for different things, and he was my lunch buddy. And uh, we'd go to eat every day for lunch, and then we were like, oh, there's really just not too many great lunch places that have great sandwiches. And, uh, yeah, so we, we uh, our other friend's mom had a good concept, and we... We ate there, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is delicious." We need one in San Diego. And what's awesome that I love about, first of all, uh, my family's got a cabin in Tahoe, and um, so some summertime we'd go up there to Grandpa's cabin. And the deli that we ate at every summer growing up 
was the precursor to the Rubicon Deli. That was uh, Evan's uh, Evan's mom, Sheree Cresilia. Yeah. So. And this time I'm talking about Delhi. Like this was a it's by Homewood. If anybody yeah. knows Tahoe, which is like a smaller resort. Right. In like, West Shore. Yeah, West Shore. And um, so anyway, so we'd go there and get these delicious sandwiches for lunch, and then go wherever. And kid stuff. They've, and they've come a long way. The sandwiches have just gotten better, you know. And um, and I kind of did it for all the all of our friends. We've been here for a long time now in San Diego, and all our friends and family. And it was it's it kind of become like a little community kind of you know stop in, say hello. You know the people that work there. You you know you, even if you don't know the people that work there, you're probably gonna know somebody that's in there at one point. You know, or worst case, you have a delicious delicious uh, sandwich, and that's it. You know? I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that kind of want to start a business. They just don't know exactly what to do. How difficult was that, starting that business? You know, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's yeah, tons of things that... The, the restaurant business, let me just say, is is by far the the hardest, the most one of the most trickiest businesses to run. I mean, you got to sell a lot of sandwiches. You, a, you got to sell a lot of sandwiches. There's just a lot of margin for error. It's like there's always something wrong, something breaking, something happening. You know, there's just, I, we don't even call it really uh, running a sandwich business. It's, uh, we call it putting out fire. We're firemen. We put out fires, you know. Every day there's a fire, you know. This broke. This this, this got to change. You're going to, you know, this happened. This guy came in and complained, and it's like, every day there's something. <clears throat> so, I mean, without a doubt, though, the, the restaurant business is a tricky thing. You got to have a really good product. You got to have a really good concept, and you got to be re- really willing to put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears because, I mean, you know, if, Five years ago, our landlord, if we would have looked at our landlord and, you know, asked him if he thinks we're going to be here five years later, he'd be like, no way. You know, where we were in Mission Beach. So, and, and it was that time in our... Yeah, um, Mission Beach is pretty tiny. Yeah. It's a tiny little community. And it was that time in, in, the, in the economy that was really bad. I don't, I don't think it was a really good idea to open up a restaurant right at that point. But, but you know, the thing is, is the difference is, and this just goes for anybody that wants to open up a business. I mean, it's difficult, but it's... Definitely easy to do because everybody's doing it. So, I mean, it's not easy, but it's it's doable. And you just got to really believe in um, your product and your concept. And um, if you're going to do it, you got to really go do it. And that's just, it's that simple. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't have opened up any other type of restaurant because, I, I, first of all, I didn't know, yeah, I don't know food like that. You know, but these sandwiches were just so outstanding. The bread is ridiculous. It, exactly. And so these were, these were gold. This was gold. You know, there's no way that... I believed in it. There's no way it wasn't, it wasn't going to succeed. With us behind it, us pushing it, it was going to happen. I think that one of the reasons I wanted you to talk about this is, one, anyone that wants to start a business needs to know what they're getting into, and B, or yeah, one and B, but whatever, <laughs> A, B. So, But the thing is, is that you could have easily had just taken verbatim what you just said, put that in a transcript, taken out the deli and put Dynasty in there or Iron Man or Paintball in general because... Right. Having to work with people, blood, sweat, and tears. Absolutely. No one thinks you're going to make it. I mean, yeah. those are there are a lot it's, of similarities between trying to run a right business there. and trying to run a paintball team. Yeah, I mean, one of the that's that's I'm really glad that actually we're going into this already because you know one of the things that um, I can attest that paintball has taught me it's taught me how to um, it's taught, taught me how to deal with people. You know, um, it's taught me you know that everybody's different. Everybody's got. Uh, certain things that you know fire them up, or certain things that tr- you know trigger them, or certain things. It's it's some people need a pat on the back, some people need a slap in the face. Everybody's different, you know, and um, and kind of running a business is the same way. Like you need to be very, you need to be personable, and you need to be like right there for people. You need to, you know, if you're going to be the boss, or the owner, or the captain of the team, you're going to need to be able to um, have people be able to come to you, you know, and have them. You listen to them, and them listen to you. 
and then at the end of the day, you come up with the um, ideal situation to make it better, you know, or win, whatever it is, or you know. So, so yeah, I mean, paintball is actually now more than anything. It's it's I'm in a funny transition in my life because I'm learning. I've learned all these things via paintball, and now I need to really start. To, okay, this is how I can apply this to real life, and I think that's the that's probably the one of the richest things in paintball that I've learned or that I've done is how to, you know, live outside of paintball successfully, you know, but thanks to paintball. Well, it's that time in your life. Yeah, you know, and I think... Well, you know, and it's been for a while, because, I mean, what, you're going to be 32. 30, 31, yeah. You're going to be 32. Turned. No, I mean, I know it, it wasn't too long ago, but... Yeah. But, uh, but that's a, you know, there's probably tons of guys out there that are listening to this right now, or girls that are, or women that are in their late 20s, early 30s, had probably been passionate about whatever it is, man. I don't right. care what it is, music, dance, like some paintball, some sort right. of thing that's incredibly difficult to produce right. revenue from. But well, the lessons you learn there directly translate in a lot of ways to doing anything substantial in life. Doesn't, I don't care what it is, especially in that, but in the mainstream field. Well, I think in general, in, in life, it's, it's a super important thing that you get focused onto something. And whether it be paintball or skateboarding or... Um, you know, motocross or basketball, like you need to have these 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 fires, and you need to have these things that, uh, you know, you want to thrive to, you know, prove to somebody or you know show your coach or show your mom or show your best friend like, look, this is how good I am, and like, then show yourself. And most importantly, of course, that's what I was gonna say. And then and then you know from there you can really transition into anything, you know, and and you have to realize that along this long road of life, this path. Um, you're going to you're going to see a lot of different things, and you're going to change a lot of times. You're, you're actually you personally will change. I say you change every ten years or something like that, right? So I mean, and they also say that you change your career profession ten times in your life. So it's like it's funny. Like people get out of college and they think they're going to be this, and they think they're going to be that, and I need to get married, I need to do this. It's like, whoa, dude, you got this long road. Like, there's going to be, like, how many jobs have you had, you know? I mean, <laughs> you've done a lot of different things, you know? It's just like, in life, like, things could propel you into a different, into a different, uh, into a different, you know, genre of, of business or, uh, you know, or next thing you know, you're, you know, promoting, uh, you know, or next thing you know, you're managing some sort of concert venue. It's like, it's like there's, I've seen these people that have come up in our, in paintball who are pit crew guys and now they're managing, you know, huge megastar DJs, you know, as a promotion on their tour manager. And like, you know, he used to manage us, you know what I mean? So that's where he learned it from. Yeah. And look what he's doing now. Well, it almost becomes like, I feel in a lot of ways, just because I've seen it so many times throughout the years, regardless of whether it's a kid coming up in the paintball world and then going on to become a Navy SEAL or right. a kid coming that. up in the paintball world and going to be an entrepreneur right. or a awesome musician or whatever just arbitrarily insert any profession whatsoever so it's almost like the lessons learned kind of become the forge or the crucible you know where that it's something that's you you know in order the forge you put it and heat it up whatever metaphor right, pick right, your right. metaphor whatever okay. crucible where you smash something together and then out of that collision creates this personality um, that's already was there but kind of heightens it so that you're able to deal with all of the you know harsh meat hook realities of the real world well you know i think what it is is you have this like everyone needs to realize inside of them you have this um it's programmed in you genetically 
since the time of our creation that you are this you are this hunter you are this gatherer like you need to you need to you need to be as good as you can to survive like you know and people who you know have things give it to them or who you know don't work hard like they they don't get that sort of feeling you know and that they, you need that sort of accomplished feeling it's just it's part of you and i think I think um, you know what happened with me when I when I was at a young age. I I learned it from um, skateboarding, you know, where I would try this trick over and over and over and over and over. Well, what was your? Because I remember. Well, first of all, because it just it popped in my head when you were kind of talking about dealing with human beings, other people, people, personalities in real time situations, and learning from that. Um, and you said that some people, as we know, you know, some people need a slap in the face or a pat on the butt. What type of person are you? Do you need a slap in the face, or do you need that? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, um, you know, what really drives me is like having that, um, having that like person next to me that is, um, that's like, he's the one that's feeling me. You know, like Matt, like when we used to play, like, you know, like I, I, I not only did I play to to win, of course, for myself, but like, like I couldn't let you down. You know what I mean? Like, and I. I don't know, maybe that's just, there's not too many people like me like, that are like that, but like I do things for other people because they believe in me, you know what I mean? Like, and then at the end of the day, it kind of goes hand in hand where like, of course they believe in me and I believe in myself, you know what I mean? Like, but I don't, I, I, do, I do it because, you know, like you, you, other people fuel me. So I don't really need a slap in the face and I don't need a pat in the butt. I just need people around me like kind of with that energy like kind of boiling and I need to watch how they are, and then that propels me. Because we, you know, when you were young, we kind of gave you big responsibility, man. You know, we were like, hey, yeah. Oliver, you're the second coming, so don't suck. Right. And that's Which, which that's I like that. That's a big shitstorm to hand to a 17-year-old kid. Right. And, uh, and, 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 and in a lot of ways, a lot of the Dynasty guys had that because, you know, if people don't get it. A lot of people maybe they're – and, and it's, I'm not, it's not a knock against anyone, but – you know, and some people even because Dynasty and you and a lot of the guy Ryan and these these like icon have become iconic names within the sport of paintball, and uh, are looked at many times as some of the best or the best ever to play the game. That's a big goddamn uh, monkey on your back, man. Sure. That's a huge thing that you have to carry around because, yeah, you want to talk about like big expectations. Right. Hell yeah, we had gigantic expectations, which honestly you guys have greatly eclipsed in now looking back at it. But you know, go all the way back to like '99 or 2000 when you guys were first coming up out of NorCal, and you got on the Ironman. And I remember sitting in, you know, I was, you know, I didn't run the team, so I wasn't in a lot of means. But they would ask me what I think about you, you know, right. and, and all the guys on Dynasty, and and it was definitely. You know, I, I I think that, and I man, I wish we had five hours you of talk. You were also a young guy at this time too, dude. You can remember that? No, I oh, I you remember. Young guy. He was the young guy on the. You were the young guy on the team too. Yeah, I mean, I think that that whole, that whole like uh, chemistry, of. Well, it's like, uh, of I don't. I want to interrupt, but it's kind of like Matrix. You know, when like that one scene where they look at Neo, and I, and I don't want to like stroke you up too much dude you know because we're homies but at the same time though this is real shit and this is this is actually the reality of the situation at the time and at the time especially when we were trying to the Ironman had been this legendary team and they brought us on to help rebuild it and then we 
took it pretty far. Right. And and obviously we were, you know, that first generation, me, Micah, Billy, Eric Roberts. But then we just needed that one spark plug. It's just interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, you could. there's so many different ways you could go with it, but... And, uh, well, I think like, I think that the, uh, what I was going to say was the chemistry of that whole, the whole Iron Man machine, like, I don't know if people know this at home, but like, you know, back in the day, like, I, I mean, these guys were badass. Can I say sweat on, or swear on this? Yeah. Okay. No problem. I mean, these guys were badass motherfuckers. I, want to <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these guys, like you guys don't even know that you, and it's, it's kind of sad. Like, I mean. I understand how history works with sports and unless you really follow it. But like, you know, I was talking to a couple, I was talking to this Swedish girl team the other day and I was like, so why do you guys, like, you know, I, I asked them if they knew who Shane Pastana was and they said no and I, I lost it. I was, you know, a couple of beers in. I was like, you don't know who Shane Pastana is? What is wrong with you guys? You guys have been, you guys have been playing this sport for I don't even know how many years now and you guys ever have, you know, you don't do your history? Like this is, if you if if you're taking the sport up and you're serious about the sport, like you shouldn't just know who me who I am or Ryan is or you know I mean God I hope they all know who you are in this sport and how you how legendary you are. Maddie Maddie was one of the huge incept, like biggest part of the Ironman, and before that there was these greats that were just I mean these guys were like superheroes to me, and you know I I think it's kind of crazy because if you like relate our sport to like. Dogtown and Z Boys and all these other things. I always feel like there's that like one like that really first generation. Like if you watch Dogtown and Z Boys, they have like those old pros that are like 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 they're like skating in between the cups and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Those were like the old pros, right? And then the new Dogtown and Z Boys guys came in, kind of pushed those guys out of the way and like started their like their whole legacy. Yeah. But I think in every sport, there's like these guys that actually really did start it. But you don't really hear about them because there's, there's that the next wave that kind of takes it to the next level, you know. And so these Ironmen were just like the badass renegade. And there's a couple other teams too, of course, you know, Aftershock. These guys are, these guys are nuts. Like the stories of these guys are far beyond anything we ever did, you know. And But the, the coolest, the best part about it was this, this chemistry where it was like this like badass guy is like, taken under like a 17 year old kid me under his wing and he's gonna tell me like how to pick up chicks and tell me how to party and tell me how to drink and like tell me how we need to travel and tell me how to pack my stuff and you don't need that you idiot kid and you know they'd strip me naked and throw me in the hallway you know like that stuff like you first of all a, I think that's probably illegal now, and probably people go to jail if that happens on any sports team, you know. <laughs> but now, but you know, I mean, like, dude, that grew me into the the man I am. Like, dude, I've got tough skin now. Like, it's hard. It's gonna be good luck Born trying hard to get way, under my skin, you yeah. know. Like, I'm not, and that's why I am a brute, you know. Like, all the guys on the team call me a bully. I'm like, dude, you guys don't know what I had to deal with, you know. Like. You guys don't understand the the literal literal verbal and physical abuse I dealt with on the Ironman as a kid. I'm sorry, dude. dude but you know what? You shouldn't be sorry though, because you know what? I believe truly and firmly that that's the right way of doing it. Like hey, I needed, this, here's I needed a chokehold hey, every once in a here's while. Here's the problem. The problem is that our society does not produce strength anymore. They don't. I know. It's it coddles weakness. And it, 
it produces people that expect that they're just going to show up and they're supposed to be given something. Totally. And that is not how no. life works. That's Dude. not how shit works. That is not how you carve yourself a place on this planet. No, you. we are fucking warriors. We are hunters. Like, this is not, not supposed to be easy. We're not even supposed to wear shoes. And it's about the quest, too, you know? Like, it's about you it, You yeah. are nothing other than a series of events that have happened to you along the way all combined right. to make you the person you are at that exact moment, which right. is only the, the only real thing exists at any particular point in time is literally that exact second that you're living in at right. that moment. So the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, well, all right, well, what am I going to do with that time? And the only time you have is right now. And there's been like tons of shit written about this by many sages and religions and whatever. But that's what is awesome about paintball is that it is a metaphor for all of that. Exactly. And in that little world, that its own paradigm, it's, 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 it's a completely self-contained thing. Well, I wouldn't say it's self-contained because it obviously you got to go to Florida and participate right. in the tournament right. and rent a car and do all that other stuff. But... Absolutely, dude. You know, I mean, there, there is a very, and, and that's because I came up the same way. I mean, when I, when you know, it's I was watching the roster, and if you're listening, you should definitely go watch the roster. But Archie, who's like one of the baddest dudes ever to come out of Texas, and I say it all the time because it's true. He's a good paintball He's player. He's badass, you know. And so, but Archie came up the hard way, and talking to the guys that came up in Texas, they, you know, they went to play at the field, and like. You know, they would be with these burly old men just verbally and physically berating them Same to thing. the point where, and, yeah. it, and it was like that everywhere because paintball used to not be a kid's sport. No. It was not a kid's sport. Yeah, there was, not, there was a huge gap. Now it's a big kid's sport, which, which, which is I awesome. love. Which I and love. And it should be. But, you know, you got to realize that as a kid out there, like, dude, it's not easy, you know, and nothing. And, and you take this for everything you do. It shouldn't be easy. You're not going to just... Just to wake up one day and be on Dynasty, like you're going to have to, like hitchhike to the paintball field for six years straight. You're gonna have to uh, work. You're gonna have to sweep. You're gonna have to take out the trash. You're gonna have to meet those guys. You're gonna have to get beat up. You're gonna have to join this team and get cut from this team. And this team explode, and then maybe maybe think about quitting. And then your your older brother tells you to get back in, it and you get back in it. And then you know you listen to a podcast like this, and then four years later. You're on a fucking pro team, maybe, you know, like with hard work. It doesn't just happen. And, and that's not, it's, nothing's ever just going to just pop up and me wake up one day and be like, oh, wow, look at me. I'm, I'm an accomplished artist. Look at how good I am. I have to work hard at it. And that's the thing is that, you know, you hear that about all that, like this generation that, and that whole millennials thing. And, and there's just articles and books being written about how to deal with the millennials and all this. Like, tell you what, if you're, if you're a parent right now, and you have a kid, and you want them to understand how the world works. Let them play in the paint. Let go. Let just put them in the paintball world for a little right. bit. Put them into the paintball world and right. let them go play some tournaments. And I right. promise you, they Absolutely. will emerge a much better human being right. than where they started. No, I've seen. I've seen it too. I, what's really cool is now I've playing for so long. I've seen kids that have just been like little, like scrawny little kids. You know, like we all kind of were. And then now I look at them. And some of them are like, oh my god, Jesus. Christ. Look at you, man. You're looking good. You know, you're jacked. You're 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 working hard. Look at you. You know, like dominating your career. Dominating what, whatever you're doing. You know, even some have come in, in and out of paintball, but I see them. So I'm like, God, thank God. You know, like you're doing it good. You know, and I've seen a bunch of kids like, Hey, man, I just want to be pro. And it's like, dude, nobody just picks up a kid because he wants to be pro. <laughs> yeah, here, let's get a bunch of kids that just want to be pro and play on the team. You think Dynasty's gonna be good anymore? <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I think, um, 
No, I think I think paintball is a is a has been a huge blessing for me in my life, not only for everything that I've accomplished and everywhere that I've been in the world and all the people that I've met, which is a huge, very valuable things. I, I tell people all the time, I go, I'm a fucking millionaire. And they go, what do you mean? You're a millionaire? You make that much money playing paintball? I'm like, no, dude, you don't understand. Like, I am so wealthy. Like, I don't, actually, I don't really know if there's any other people in the world that are as wealthy as I am. Like, I have been everywhere in the world for free. And I've eaten <laughs> the best restaurants and the best food for free. I've met the most incredible people. I can call anybody. I can go on Facebook right now and be like, hey, I want to go to... I want to go to Zimbabwe, and I will fucking find someone in Zimbabwe that I know from somewhere in paintball along the way, or they'll connect me to somebody that they know. It's just, we are... It's a real-life fight club. It's a real-life, yeah, like, we are spread out and connected across the world in this beautiful, beautiful, like, little subculture that nobody knows about, you know? Like, yeah, everybody kind of thinks it'd be cool to be famous, like Derek Jeter. Dude, you know what I do? I go to, like, Cambodia and, like, get on, like, tuk-tuks with a backpack and fly for a week. I can't go do that if I'm, like, this famous, you know, athlete like that. Everybody will be looking at me or, like, bugging me. Dude, I like to get into the depths of the world and, like, creep around and, like, see what's going on and find new things and meet new people. And, like, you know, like, I'm like this, I'm, I'm, like, a, I'm like a superstar that nobody knows, which is great because I can do these things that I want to go do, you know, which is awesome. Yeah, well, and and you achieve that through, I mean, you're almost, not you're, you're 31, and you've been doing this at the highest level since you were 17, and, uh, and you know, so it took you that long to establish this worldwide web of this right. connection of human beings. It hasn't been that, easy either. That all have these same, this common interest of paintball, but... This all comes from your ability to do what you do in between those nets. Right. You know, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, and like I said, it's, it teaches you how to deal with people, you know? Yeah. And that's, it's that simple, you know? Like, well, how do you look at the game? When you, when you step out on the field, like, walk me through a game in, uh, in Oliver Lang's mind. When you, like, when you got, you're getting ready to play in the finals at a PSP event. Well, you're Playing honestly, against the next best if, team in the world at that particular, on that day. If you really want to know, really must know, it all starts with the practice. So even, yes, if I'm in the finals. I'm playing against Heat right there. You know, and it's taken us a long time to get to that point against Heat and during that tournament, but it all comes down to that practice. Like, I step on the field, and I've, I've been practicing, and my team's been practicing, then I'm so confident with everybody around me that I just know that my balls are going to come out straighter and faster and it's going to hit that guy or I'm going to get into that spot quicker and faster than that guy is and I'm going to get up on him and I'm going to get to that next spot and same with all the rest of my team, you know? And uh, and that's just how I see it. Like, it's it's at this point in the game, the level of competition has, has risen so, so, so much, which I, I love because between all these economic crises and, you know, sponsorships being lost and this and that. I mean, besides that, and finally we have this podcast and this paintball access and it's saving paintball, but the level of play has continued to rise despite everything that's happened. Like, the paintball is the best it's ever been right now. Evolution, man. That's it, exactly. Like, it is more in-depth right now than, than it's ever been. But you know what bothers me a little bit is that 
I don't think everybody is on the same wavelength as we are as the team. And I think if we had like a little bit more juice, a little bit more money, or like we could pay the guys a little bit more, or like make it like kind of their more of their job, and everybody could comp- commit a little bit more to it, I think we could be even really much, much well, better. Well, what too. you just said has literally been what everyone's been saying for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean in I've always known that I could be better if I got, if I was like, you know, if this was my full time job where I got to like exercise all day and like train and like, Going to hyperbaric chambers, like other real athletes. Well, hey, well, for some people, like, I mean, look, I, I understand you have the deli. Right. You make money from the deli. Um, you teach clinics, but that is a factor of paintball, obviously, or of you being who you are. But, you know, for some guys, this is, there's a, so there are you know, a handful of guys, and there's probably maybe. Okay, so yes, there are. And, and, and let me interrupt you. But there's only like 10, 10, though, you know? 10, yeah, 15, but, but 20. Still, like, I still 30. don't think that them these guys these 10 guys that are doing it because honestly really I, it, paintball is not my it's, i don't make any money really playing paintball now i get some i get like a little sponsorship from eclipse which is nice you know and that's kind of what helps me out through paintball and it subsidizes it um but like these other guys like yeah say they're getting paid thirty thousand bucks or twenty thousand bucks or let's just say fifty thousand bucks i still don't think that they are training every day like a like one of these pro real pro athletes are like in the nfl who's getting paid you know, X amount of dollars, who is actually going to these, like, s- seriously good, um, they're, um, what are they, um, physical therapists, and, like, like, like people who coach their, you know, coach them everywhere, like, they're not we don't bionic. have that, yeah. They're not, yeah, they're not bionic yet, like, you know, like, there is, like, a quarterback qu- coach, and there's a fucking, there's a coach that does everything for you in these other sports, that really break you down, and that's what it's about, it's about getting broken down, it's like, if if you could watch me play and say Oliver, yeah, you did this and you stepped bad here and you did this, and you didn't have your gun up. Here. I could, bro. I watch no, every you point. No, you give you me a call anytime you want. No, you could, but I'm saying like if that was your job and then you got paid to tell me and then I got paid to practice Execute it and get better, that. yeah, and then I could be that much better. Yeah, it's tough though, you know, like, and I've always known in paintball for a long time there. I was always like a well, little bit. They, that's not our reality yet, man. That's it's just not. not no. our reality. I, and I and I know that we can sit here and wish day. for whatever yeah, we yeah. want, but. I know that'll happen. You know, I I think we're in a good place in paintball right now because I think that all of the guys who have been playing for quite some time now are maturing. And, you know, eventually we're not all going to be able to still play forever. You know, like there's going to be, I mean, if you look at all the teams now, there's the, the some of the best players have been playing for 10, 15 years, you know. So in 10 years, maybe five years, whatever, a lot of these guys are going to start stepping back and they're going to start taking over roles in paintball, I think, because they know it. And I think that eventually in the next 10, 15, 20 years, we're going to have a really good uh, basis of, of paintball knowledge that's out there being floating around helping other people. Like, you know, I mean, a lot of these guys could be coaches one day. A lot of these guys could be you know, there's a lot of different positions they could take over. A million percent. But because obviously, you know, I, the, you're only a factor of how much knowledge you have. I mean, Absolutely. that's the only way it works. So, way to be able I mean, to get it across. And, and exactly. I mean, that's, well, you know, shit, people major in communication in, in college. But it, it, I totally agree after seeing, after having played for a long time and seeing paintball evolve in the past few years. I do agree that we are on a structural level getting more complex, the coach at the highest level at least. But for guys that are out there just in the grind week to week, 
the bulk of tournament paintball because obviously, you know, I want to pick your brain on the top of the, you know, of the best teams in the world. I mean, you just won the Top Gun title this year. Your team won the series title again. You know, this is, uh, what? Actually, I don't know. Have you guys won the PSP series title before? Uh, I mean, a lot years ago. Yeah, yeah no, but not, long. Not, not for a while. And I think in the other, I think this was another milestone for your team because I don't think you guys had actually won the series title in the modern age of the professional right, PSP. Exactly. Because exactly. obviously, you know, exactly. your, your guys' attention had been everywhere right, for right, so right. and I totally respect that. Right. But this is, again, another one of those, like, career checklist things for right, the right. team. So, yeah, we, I want to pick your brain as much as I possibly can about all that. But, but I think that the principles still apply day to day, at least because I've seen or for a week to week for all these other guys out there because, you know, at the divisional level, I've seen some really good paintball the past couple of years. You know, the, right. the divisional finals are always there's, – there's some good guys out there. So I do agree that you guys are aging. And that the, when I say you guys, I mean like the core group of these like 25 to, you know, cause even guys like Zach Wake who had started playing when he was young, whatever, all these guys that are, that were used to be all of a sudden blink of an eye ago were 16. Right. Now they're 25. So there is this group of dudes that are all between the ages of like 23 and 33 that are like the bulk of tournament paintball players. Right. Then you have some still some mainstays that are in their late thirties, but dude, Paintball is definitely, it does uh, take a lot out of you physically if you play it for a decade. Because, you know, but at the same time, like, dude, you're going to tell me you can't play till you're 41? I can play for another 10 years. Honestly, Oliver, you could probably, I mean, if you don't, you know, screw off and get fat and start, like, completely forgetting about the physical side of things, you could probably play into your 50s. I wouldn't be, I I, I wouldn't doubt that. Your brain, you understand it, you know? And Like, Like how, look at Rich, Telford's still handling, what's he's got to be, like, 42, 43? Uh, I think Rich is actually 76 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get it because I love Rich. Yeah, yeah no. but you know, yeah. If, if, no, I, if, think, I think Rich is, I think Rich is uh, 32. No, no, actually I think Rich is probably around 41 now. Right. I mean, he's got to be 10 years old. He never, he never tells anyone his right. age, so. But still, I mean, look at him. He's, I think he's doing great. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, when your brain is there, your brain's there. Like I can, I can, I can shoot. You know, and especially with this sport now, it's like I could shoot a guy off the break, and that changes the whole game. If I can do that every time, and I'm 50 years old, I could change the game still. You know, like I could shoot a guy off the break, and you know that just changes the whole outcome of the game. Or and even that's your job too. A lot of time, you know. Well, I definitely want to talk to you about just like big games and what you think about this, all the different, and tell some stories from back in the day, but. Let's get this out of the way. How do you feel about Dynasty heading into 2014? Yeah, I feel actually really nice about Dynasty heading into 2014. We aren't going to make any changes, I mean, which is an awesome thing. I don't know, you know, if most people know this, but usually, you know, you pick up a couple games, you lose a couple games. There's a couple guys in the bubble all year, and they're these, you know, they're floating around, and you're like, oh, what do we do with that guy? Dude, uh, yeah, now we've got, we've got, you know, We've got nine super strong guys, or ten super strong guys. It's like we're awesome. So I think we're we're feeling good. You know, for us, we've we've been doing this for a long time. So the off season is a good thing for us, and I think it's a good thing for the kids too because it's going to really fire them up. That's why we always come out pretty strong. Well, let me let's talk about that real quick because you guys won the series title, but you guys peaked. Again, early right. in the year, this right. is a theme for Dynasty. Right. And then um, you guys just not like you fell off too far. I mean, two fifth places at the end of the year. Right. Uh, but 
you did you won two events this year. It took second place well, in Chicago. Let me just say, and I, and I don't want to, and I don't want to, I don't want to like justify our falling off because we did fall off. But dude, it's fuck. It's really hard when you in in this new division how how it works. Even they only take the top four. You know, what I mean, like we missed it. We missed it like two times by like like a, like one time we missed it by a point differential. You know, like one point differential. Like we didn't. We should have scored one more point. And I'm not trying to justify that, but that's like, it just goes, it's like, it's such a small margin of error now. You know? Absolutely. And so, so, you know, all I can really say, and, and we honestly, and we were absolutely plagued by penalties again, which is just, obviously, it's, I don't know what it is. Obviously, we're terrible cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I think our teams were just so dumb. We're not even really cheating. We're just like, oh, what do we do? I don't want to get a penalty. Then you get a penalty. You know? I know that's what I do now when I get a penalty. I'm like, oh, I'm hit. I don't want to get a penalty. Oh, I get a penalty. You, know, like, you, don't you mean do get to. a lot of penalties. You dude. don't mean to. You're like, oh, shit. You, you, get, you get a lot of penalties, which actually that's why I was kind of impressed that because when all the numbers shook down because, you know, Marcelo was leading the Top Gun title you, until the end of the year. Right, right, right. But you were always in the hunt. And, but but yeah. with the way Dynasty works is that I mean, you guys run two lines pretty much, or at least every, like, Rusty Glaze, your coach, does the best job of getting everybody playing time in the league, and so when you look at the points played for the Dynasty players, right. like, there's all, like, you yeah, know, no, Ryan, that- Ryan played a lot of points, and other than that, like, yeah. Well, you know, Ryan, Ryan gets in a lot of points, Ryan, you know, kind of, he demands them, and he gets in there, like, we all want to play a bunch of points, you know, but... And in reality, like our team's so good that it's like anybody at any point, Rusty does an excellent job on making everybody feel that they're all so even and comfortable, which is a really nice, easygoing feeling on the team. Because if you've ever been in a team that, you know, people like hate you or they don't like you or they don't want you to play, like there's a lot of un- uneasy feelings on teams, especially competitive teams. And, you know, it's just not fair, dude. Like, dude. Me, Ryan, Alex, Yosh, we can play every point, dude. I can play every point. It's just not the way to do it. Like, as, as the way that our game goes, with as much as variations and options as there is, like, throw the other line in, dude. They're going to do something different. Well, Something's going to happen. And gonna also, that being said, though, I mean, and I know you could, you could probably play this well if, if you wanted to do it. If you, I don't know what the situation is on the team. Cause I, know, I know it's there because I've seen you do it before because you've done it on other teams, but... Ryan plays an incredibly versatile role. You've, which I think is a good thing, you've evolved into this uh, kind of an attack player, you know, which honestly, dude, is your strong suit. Right. I mean, the reason why you got paintball famous was not because you're right, good right, at right. playing the back corner. For sure. That's not your, I mean, you could do For it. Sure. You could play back corner. For sure, but, but you know, the thing is where we, where we stand on the team right now, there's, you know, lot, there's certain the guys to do certain things. And, you know, how I see it is, yeah, I can play anywhere. So it's like, hey... <laughs> Where do you want me to play? Where is where is where's gonna be the most effective spot? Not necessarily the most effective spot for Oliver, but where's the most expe- uh, sorry, I can't talk. The most effective spot for everybody else, and then where can Oliver help? <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Like I'm okay with that. Like get these guys into their spots. Okay, and l- then let me ask you this. I'll spot. facilitate it. Let me ask you this question. Then. Yeah. What do you feel? Well, okay, where do you feel your best, and where? What do you think? Where do you feel your best? You know, where do I feel I'm best? Uh, on where my you want to be. On where my you feel team, your best. On my team, I feel I'm the best in, in a spot where I can communicate to everybody. So wherever that spot may be. And I think that's a huge aspect to our success on our team is being able to, because we are so, like we're not, we, I don't think we play paintball like anybody else. Like our philosophy and our system and 
and how we make game plans and how we create things and how we structure things and like set people up to do things like it's like pretty in-depth considered compared to most teams I believe so for me I believe if I get into a spot and I'm alive like that's been my new thing is arrive alive like it's just arrive alive arrive alive dude get there I can't shoot three guys if I'm standing in the blind trying to shoot a guy off the break and they get shot you know what I mean like if I get to my spot good chance I'm probably gonna shoot a guy maybe two guys and I'm gonna communicate and if someone dies I can either fill a hole or I can help somebody make a move or set up a plan like that's where I want to be I want to be in a spot where I can see the field and I can get this to him and hit, you know. And I've also heard that's also the downside of where I've been playing, some people told me, because I'm trying to do too much. But I feel that I feel that that's my job on the team right now is to help everybody else. Let me help you guys. Help you guys get kills. Honestly, I don't care about all this crap anymore. I've done it. Like, Kyle, go get the kills. <laughs> Dalton, go get the kills. I'll sit here and shoot 12 pods and win the fucking tournament. I don't give a shit. Go get the kills. Go. Let me. How can I help you? You know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know. Dude, I, <laughs> listen, people are always like... We just had a conversation yeah, right now. We, exactly. <laughs> Maddie and I just looked at each other and we know. Because Maddie's right. Maddie did the same thing. Maddie, when he, when he was playing with me, he stepped back and became the ultimate back guy in like one event. I, by the way, I don't know how you did that. He was front guy extraordinaire. He died every game going, getting bunkered in the X. And Shane, I remember Shane rubbing his head. He's like, man, what are we going to do with Maddie? He's like, I'm just going to put him in the back. Or that's what he, I'm just, Shane's thinking. And he just puts Maddie in the back, like the next day at practice. And Maddie was just shooting everybody and talking and communicating, getting things going, setting up plays, closing games. And when I was like, dang, dude, Maddie went from front guy to back guy in like a practice and did a really good job of it. And you know, that's what it's about. Like, People, people out there, just so you guys know, like, we love it when you guys come up to us and say, hey, you know, good, good, uh, you know, you did, you had a good game, even if we lost, you know, but like, dude, it's a, it's a long, it's a long weekend, you're going to lose games, you're going to have bad games, and it's just the final outcome, and although, yeah, we dropped off the last two, uh, last couple events, you know, we ended up winning the series because we were there in the long haul. And, like, having you, you've always heard the thing. It's a, it's a marathon, not a, not a sprint. And that's exactly what it is. All weekend long, you, just because we go out there and we bash this team 12, you know, 7-0, and the next team's 7-0, and then we lose the next game, you know, like, it's just an ongoing thing. Like, it's just it's, it's being even. And that's why I was able to win the top gun this year. It's because I wasn't too flashy and had to get up there and be a superstar, you know. I was in Though a, you did make some I did, I did make some. Well, you know, that's what happens when uh, that's my job. Like, if these guys go out there and they open up a gap and I can do that, bam, there I am. Or if they don't do it, I'm able to get in there and, you know, clean house. That's, that's where I want to be. Like, that's where I'm at. And it, ideally, dude, I would love to sit there, facilitate the whole team. Everybody does their job, not too much, not too little. And then we win. And that's it. It's that simple. Like, at the end of the day, it's about winning tournaments, you know? And guess what? When I win some tournaments, look at this now. I get top player of the year, you know what I mean? And that's just how it comes. I never thought about going into this year, I got to get top gun. I came into this year thinking, I got to win tournaments. Have, has, have you thought at all about that, though? Because, I mean, honestly, you, you know, when we created these statistics, it was, to me, it was just very important to uh, have a... a an objective measure of greatness because before it was always subjective. It was a story, right? It was, 
I saw this guy do this move, and then you told a story. Right. You know, who's right. the best back player? Who's the best front right. player? Who's the best mid player? It was right. always a story. It was never, and, and numbers were in there, but it wasn't like you had completely objective people watching. So, and but when it got created, it was like where, and honestly, you know, and this is why I don't want to have this goddamn conversation with you is because, you know, for the past 10 years, I mean, shit, bro, at one point, you know, you were, you know, such highly regarded as the top player in the world that somebody offered you $100,000 a year to play paintball, you right. know, which at the time was completely ridiculous. So for this entire time, you've been in this place where you've been having to, you know, kind of exert your will in the world. We say that shit all the time, but that's how it is because that's how it works. Right. And then now heading into the, I would say, kind of chapter six, seven, eight, or whatever, the kind of, the, the, there's always this point in fiction where, you know, whether, whether it be a movie, um, you know, doesn't matter, book, movie, poem, it doesn't matter what we're talking right, about. Right. But if a story is being told, there's a point in the story where the character is being bombarded by the world right. and they are forced to react to that situation sure. and see how they're measured. And that's the thing about paintball. I remember talking to a producer and he was talking about how like paintball is kind of interesting because just like poker, this was, this was an ESPN producer and we were doing the show in Miami and it was in New York and we're, this was actually the first event where I was like, where I was like, cause it was one of my, it was like a couple gigs in, but anyway, so I'm in the studio in New York, I'm talking to this producer and we're talking about how shows are structured. And he was saying how they learn with poker that one, they could take any arbitrary activity tell the right story and produce these climaxes at a certain particular point and that people are going to be entertained. And he said that paintball inherently has a structure built into it that exists where you have a three-act structure. You have the beginning of the point, you have the setup, so it's like everyone starts, boom, everyone goes out, five on five. What happens? A couple guys get shot on one team or a guy gets shot, whatever, it's five. Well, there's a story there. Then once the setup has begun, then it's act two, boom, you head in. Now what happens? Who takes the advantage? Who makes the moves? Who, who shoots who out of a bunker? Who like, can get to the 50s in control position? And then there's a close. So it's a three-act structure, just like a movie. Movie, if you study screenwriting, there's a three-act structure. There's a plot point every 15 minutes. It's, a, it's math. Right. It's just math. And that's, how he, math, and, and, that's, and that's how he looked at it. Yeah. And so heading with the stats, how this kind of comes around was that it was like, well, you know, how's Oliver going to do? Right. Because everyone's been talking about how awesome Oliver is for the past ten years, right. and then you know, and then you got the Oliver haters that are like, "Oh, Oliver's, you know, you know, not as good as he thinks he is, or I like whatever." Guys too, by the way. Yeah, it motivates you, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But at the same time, and that's going to come with it being in any position Absolutely. of that situation. Absolutely. That's just there's part always going to be haters out there, you know. And I think, <clears throat> I think deep down inside, you know, I think deep down inside, if you hate anybody. You kind of like like them for some reason, you know. It's like a weird thing. You're like, I hate that guy. Like, why do I hate that guy so much? Like, I kind of like him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he does something that you don't. All like, or gives like. a spot positive spin to the haters. <laughs> I like that though. But At you least know, you could have been like, Nah, dude. They like fuel my my whole fire to right. just get out there. No, nah, I like proving people wrong too. Like, if anybody ever proves me wrong, or everyone says I can't do that, I'm gonna fucking do that. You dude. are bitter. Like, I, I will do <laughs> that. I'm a little so bitter, bitter like that, yes. You'll get I will so do that. so bitter and just motivated. But you know, no, I remember, well, first of all, just to um, revisit this, like, yeah, I've always been kind of um, like labeled as, you know, the best player in the world, and I've had like magazines and stuff like that. And, you know, I won it at that young age from paint, and it was player of the year, not necessarily the best player. But, you know, there, I think there's been a lot of these different periods in my career where um, 
you know, I've, I've won best player, but what goes into it is a lot more than statistics for me because, like, I've taken teams that have been at the bottom and, like, worked with them and then, like, you know, rose up, rise up. R- r- was that the right word? Rose. Rose. Rose up. We rose up. And then won, you know? like And that's, Risen. like, to me, that's what it takes to be the best player in the world. Like, I again, I could go out this next year, not shoot a soul, not shoot a damn soul, but I could get everybody juiced up. I get everybody on point. I can make everybody practice. I could like come up with great game plans, you know? I could like come up with jokes to make people funny and games to people for people to play at night so that we feel bonded and connected and like, you know, be the driver of the van and buy everybody dinners. You know what? And then not shoot a damn soul and we could win everything. And to me, I'd be like, fuck, well, I think I'm one of the best players on the team. You know? <laughs> because that's, there's a lot more that goes into Hey, man, into everybody it. plays a role. Exactly. And, and the lot... role's fluid. They exactly. change, you know? It, Some, it, absolutely. Sometimes and, you're out there on the field shooting everyone. Sometimes you're filling pods. Exactly. And, you know, it's just, it's just about, it's about the whole cohesion of this team, you know? And, yes, yeah, shooting people is important and having these statistics is important. And I'm, I'm fucking flattered and honored to win this event, to win this this award, by far. And you know what? I re- I like it because yes, it kind of maybe gives me a little bit of justification. Like, yeah, well, look, actually, the stats don't lie, you know. <laughs> and so that feels kind of good. But you know, I mean, I've done things in my career now that I don't think too many players have done and accomplished them. And to me, that's why I think I deserve to be labeled one of the best players, if not the best player in the world. Like, when I got signed to go play for the Ironman, like, I was always taught, told, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. And honestly, I didn't like it. Like, I didn't because I knew that I could always be better, you know? And then I was like, okay, well, now this is my opportunity. I got to quit. I got to leave all my friends, which is, like, the hardest thing you could ever do. I mean, that's, if anybody's ever done anything similar to that, like, it's a heartbreak. Like, I would have dreams about hanging out with Alex and Ryan. Like, literally, like, wake up crying, like, missing them. Because I didn't talk to them for a long time, you know? Really? Oh, absolutely. And then I had to, like, I had to like build a new family and a new team. And, like, you know, Mr. You and, and Nikki and Paxton and, like, Do you think that's why guys. you're so close to those guys now? Oh, absolutely. Because you had to build yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, I, I created a new bond and a new family. And, and I took the Ironman, who have had this, like, incredible legacy but have also like somehow fucking bombed and just sucked and always been the last place team all of a sudden you're like what are you doing like iron there's no there's also too many not too many sports players in the world who have two teams like i have two teams you know what i mean like i have the iron and i have dynasty you know what i mean those are both my teams you know and like i will for always always go down as an Ironman player, and I always go down as a dynasty player, you know? Does that mean a lot to you? Absolutely. That means so much to me. But why? I think, why? Because as a kid, being passionate about this sport and looking up to Ironman like we were talking about, these guys were my I- idols, my gods, you know? Like, and to put on an Ironman jersey, it was, you know, it was like the biggest accomplishment. Just like it's just like if any yeah. kid came up now, and, I felt the, and, I felt and the got same a dynasty way. jersey. I think that's just being a, a California paintball. player. Yeah, and so getting in, finally, like doing everything it's got to be to get to that level, and you're like, oh, here's your jersey. And you're like, wow, I got a jersey. I remember. And they the don't same. just, yeah. and they don't like. It, it's not like they hang it to you in a plaque. Like, here's your jersey. They throw it at you. Here you got jerseys. You're like. To, you're like, fuck, I got a fucking jersey, yeah. dude. I got a jersey. And that's it, you know? Like, So being on the Ironman when I was on there as a kid, coming back, and to me, honestly, one of the greatest 
moments in my life was building that Ironman team and winning that World Cup back to back. Like, it's hard to win a World Cup. It's hard as hell to win a tournament, a World Cup back to back. It's hard to win a tournament. It's hard to win a tournament. Let a professional tournament is yeah. so hard and to we, win. And we won those years. We won this year. Like, we did excellent and we built an awesome team. And I mean, that was super rewarding, you know? And so when the time was done, the time was done. And it was time to, for me, I felt like right there, that's bam, Oliver, you did it. Like, you did it. You, you proved to the world that you are the best paintball player. Like, look what you did. You took the Ironman back and you, you made a winning team and you put them back on the podium. And, you know, I mean, I'd like to think I helped, that helps with sales and all these other things. And it, it, it was, it was a, you know, it was totally worth it for me to get paid that salary to come back and do that. Like, that, to me, that's a win. We, we both won, like, business-wise and, you know, um, as an athlete, you know, like, we won. Like, that was a successful business deal right there. And then now, let's go back to Dynasty. Now let's take Dynasty, who's had a little rough road, and let's try it. Let's get back to him, you know, and, and that's it. Now it's not about money. Now it's about hanging out with my friends. Like, I would never, ever, I wouldn't, I would, it's really sad to say, because I love paintball so much, I would still play, but not at a pro level, but I wouldn't play with any other pro team. There's not a chance. I would never go play for any of these teams. Do you think one day you might see yourself doing what Shane's done with royalty? Yeah, you know what I'd like to do? Because that's incredibly if I, if, impressive, Oh, dude. for sure. I mean, I love the fact that Shane's back out there. Like, he juices me up, you know? I mean, I changed my number to Sue. I mean, no, nobody even knows why. People, like, don't get it. I didn't get it. I remember watching, like, Kobe when he changed his number. And I'm like, why? What did he do? Why does he do that? So you changed your number back to two for Shane Pistana. I changed it to two for a couple reasons. Um, one is um, absolutely Shane has been, like, a huge, huge, uh, um, you know, role model to my life, yeah, obviously. Man. Absolutely. Yeah, and just sure. if you ever met Shane his charisma and the way he carries himself and the way he's so happy and like he's like a family man and a hard-working like blue-collar man like he's just like he's like the he's like who every man should be like you should want to be Shane Pasana your father you want your dad to be Shane Pasana I want to be Shane Pasana and I want to be the dad that he is yeah. like I want to I want to make my child and my daughter or my son one day be as great as they can be because I'm going to be their dad and I'm going to instill all these incredible positive things to them and so not only for Shane but also because I thought about it I'm like I'm not I wasn't 17 anymore I'm not 17 anymore like I'm I'm blossoming in I'm blossoming (laughs) into a young adult now you know a young adult you were 31 years old you're an adult I'm not an adult yet dude. are you kidding me no not even close I'm getting there I'm getting there let's tell some adventure story but okay yeah you don't want to consider yourself an adult let me finish this let me finish this so uh, I I, I kind of like stepped back and we had that bad year last year and you know of course everybody loves to put that over our heads oh Dynasty you sucked and you sucked and you're only 28 in the stats da, da, da. dude fuck god forbid we have one lousy year in my whole entire career of playing and I looked at hey, it you're and only said, as good as absolutely. your last year and you know what I, I, I thought about it long and hard I didn't practice as hard I was busy I was doing other things the other guys were sidetracked we had a lot of bad leadership and other things we just weren't as good as we could be. We re- we fine-tuned it. We corrected it. I thought about it. I'm not 17 anymore. I, I need, I've learned how to lose. And that's what you need to realize. As a contender out there in life, you need to learn how to lose. Because losing 
is the most is the is the most powerful thing you could ever do. Losing it's is even lo- more powerful than winning. Losing is learning. You you lose and you lose and you lose and you lose, and then finally you break through and you win. And when you win, now it's just contagious. Now you finally figured out how to win, and then from that point on, it's just an, you're just gonna win your whole entire life. And then I said, oh, you know what? Two. There's a bunch of second places. I got to learn how to lose in order to win. So for two reasons, you know, I changed my number. And I liked it. I, you know, I love. So you number chose two. the number two because Shane Pesson is number two and because it's a constant reminder of all of the second places that you've taken over the years. It's just a constant reminder of struggle and, and painstaking loss. <laughs> that is it's badass. Not even, it's not even second place. <laughs> like that. It's just third place and fourth place and 17th place. It's just, and you know what sucks now? It's like, I mean, I love to win, but it's like, the, it's like, a, it's like a high and low. It's like a drug addict. Like my high is, <laughs> like winning is never going to be as high as it as it's, it's a, as it's been, you know? Like it's just always there. I know what it feels like. But when you lose, it's just like pff, you're at the bottom, you know what I mean? So I need to win just to stay level and normal. <laughs> so you you're know? a drug addict. Yeah, and you're I'm, addicted, a, I'm to addicted to winning. You're yeah. addicted to winning. Yeah, if you look at like all these other guys like Michael Jordan and, you know, um, uh, uh, Barkley and stuff like that, they're all like, crazy gambleholics. Like, but they, it's not that they, they love to hey, gamble. I've been to, they love I've to win. Been to Vegas with you. Bro. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. Yeah. And some of my best stories have been when I've lost a bunch of money at Vegas. But some of my best stories have also been when I've. Won. I got. I, hey, I was there at Davy Williams's bachelor party when you walked up to the roulette table and put a thousand dollars on black. Not the smartest thing, but thousand hey, dollars on we black. We won that one. You were a thousand. You're like, here's a thousand dollars on black, and we were like, holy shit. And then you're like, if we win this, we're having the best night ever, and we're gonna have the best night ever. It was like it was that it was predetermined. Yeah. That it was going to end on black. And what's funny is I think you could pull every single dude around that table. I bet you we all had been in a huddle with you before at some point in time. And we'd seen that infectious energy and we were like, you're right. There's no goddamn way we're losing this. And sure enough, that hit black. And then you took the $1,000 and you tried to put it in Davey's pocket. And Davey was like... Are you kidding me? That is your money, dude. And you're like, let's, let's play. Go, go crazy. But you know, and that's what that's what it's all about too. Is is once you learn how to win, and you have that infectious, um, that like that just like no, I'm gonna win. And that's that's something I learned on the Ironman back in the day. It was like, no, fuck you. We're gonna kick the shit out of these guys, and we're gonna win. Like that was it. Like that. There's not. There's nothing else. There's, no, they're not. We're gonna. We're not gonna lose. They're not gonna beat us. It's we're gonna kick the shit out of these guys and we're gonna win. It's that simple. Do you and think that's you why you have that? Why you have a chip on your shoulder? Uh, I mean, probably a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know you naturally have a chip on your shoulder. I mean, is it have, is a bad thing having a chip on your shoulder? Should I take it off? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that. Well, it's a fine line because I, mean, I was talking to but Zach. But it's confidence, Wake. though, Maddie. It's just confidence no, you're right. in anything, and it's and again. Relating paintball to other things in life, like that's having that little that's bit of confidence. That's what we do here on the podcast. Having that confidence, and, and it takes a long time to get that confidence. It, it, it's a it's work in progress. It's still a work in progress. Like, I still, still have. Still a work in progress? Still, yeah. I need to continuously be working at it, but I know I can do it. So if I put in the work and the man hours and the time and the effort and the elbow grease, and then I deserve it, and then I have that confidence, and then I win. You know what I mean? If I don't practice, then I don't have that confidence, you know? And that's not just only with paintball, that's with anything. You know, with my work, I got to go in there every day and I got to see things, I got to fix things, and, you know, hone them and tune them and make them right. And then I feel confident about it and then we run a successful business, you know? 
But now it's time to go and do that with a bunch of other things, you know? Like what other things? I mean, there's just, the, well, what I've learned in life is there's, dang, you know, I, I focus so much of my time in, in my life to, um, to paintball, which obviously I would never change ever. But now I like look at things and I'm like, oh, f- flamenco guitar, I want to learn that. Piano, t- out tap dancing, art, poetry, writing, like reading. Like I could do these things. Let's do these things. Like honestly, my big, one of my biggest pet peeves in the world is looking at people who are like, who are depressed or like, miserable or not doing anything like homeless people like bother me because I'm like dude we're human beings like you are created to be this incredible species and you have the capability of accomplishing anything it is that you want to accomplish but you have to do it and it has to be driven inside of you and you have to find that in the gut and the in your bowels of you and stick your neck on the line and risk everything and win. And sometimes you don't win. But most, then you go back times, and you do it. Most times you don't. Yeah, and you go back and you do it again. You know? It's all practice, dude. Everything is practice. Every day when you wake up, it's practice. How many years did you put, like, because a lot of people saw you as this, like, phenom coming up. You know, I mean, you were 17 when you got on the Ironman. But how long had you been playing before you got on the Ironman? Uh, I was playing for uh, three years. Three years? Yeah. How much paintball did you play in those three years? Yeah, those those three years were some of the best three years of my life. I mean, I played every weekend, <clears throat> rain or shine, and I work on the day, and I'd get painted paint, and I could play for free at the at the field. That's how it worked. You'd go to the yeah. field, work, and exactly. get paid paint. Exactly. Paint. In the beginning, I'd be get paid half a case, and I'd play on Sunday with a little bit that I had, but I was engulfed in it. I mean, if you... If you research any of the masters in this world, if you research Bruce Lee or like uh, Leonardo da Vinci, like these guys, yes, in a way they are prodigies, but they also loved what they did so much that every day and everything they did uh, uh, revolved around their art or their skill or their trait, and they practiced it, you know, and that's it. It's that simple. Like, and if you go... Like, I, all I do now is watch documentaries and watch how people are good at things and, like, watch what they did to get there. And it wasn't easy, and they did it. Well, and we brought it up many times on the podcast, so if you're a frequent listener, you've heard this before, but, you know, it's... Have you read... You've read Outliers from Malcolm Gladwell? I haven't, no. Oh, bro, you got to read that. Oh, That's course. badass, because it's essentially in that particular... You know, because society has this myth. You know, outliers. This, yeah, outliers. Okay. Oliver's writing it down on his phone right now. <laughs> That's what I love about you, though, dude. Because like anytime you're you're a very curious and sponge-like personality. You know, so whatever's going on around you, regardless of what it is. Well, you know, that's why I love hanging out with you, is because you 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 do a lot of research. And you told me this a while ago. You're like reading books. It's like weightlifting for your for your brain. Absolutely. And uh, and I think you've. I mean, you are by far one of the smartest people that I met because you simply read and you research and you Google things and you, you know, you talk to other people. Like, that's how you get smarter. And that's why you are an outstanding uh, human genius of walking factoid of <laughs> life here, you know? Like, your brain is like a giant muscular man. <laughs> Wait, well, I don't know. I just... I, things Wait, are, what is it? Out, out, outliers. Malcolm Gladwell. So in this book... In Outliers, basically, uh, you know, and Gladwell's done a bunch of badass shit, but essentially in this book, he's talking about, like, he's got a new book out about, um, it's called David David and Goliath. And it's yeah, about, yeah, I heard about David and yeah, Goliath. Okay. Yeah, and, and uh, that one was about how what you think a lot of times is the dominant personality or being in a situation actually really isn't. And, and the title comes from David and Goliath in the sense that 
you know, the biblical story of David and Goliath, David, you know, the Philistine, Goliath, this giant man who's, you know, this big physical beast is going to fight David, who's, right. uh, you know, is this little tiny guy, but David's got a slingshot. And right. his argument in the, and he takes it across different examples is that, well, actually, in reality, Goliath is really the underdog in this situation, if you know all the backstory, because... Right. Guys that knew how to work a sling uh, in those times were incredibly deadly human beings. Because of course, of, that's a difficult weapon. Yeah, and, well, and it, and its power. You know, I mean, if you take a a stone that's, and and not only that, but the stone in that area where that battle was fought uh, was also particularly dense. Right. And so when you take a very dense stone and you have an accurate sling, you're able to you know wield and you know like so Goliath got hit between the eyes. Thus, you know, killing him and then kind of, you know, scaring the Philistine army and they ran away. But anyway, the point is, is that when you really look at the actual true variables is that Goliath did not have the advantage. It was David that had the advantage. Right. And he was able to exert his skill that he had developed, like you were saying, through thousands, thousands of hours of planning, which goes into, which was literally going outliers, but the theory does. Outliers was written before David and Goliath. But Outliers talks about the 10,000-hour theory and about right, all right. these specific examples and stories about people that were, uh, you know, people, the computer icons behind the revolution, um, you know, Bill Joy, who founded, uh, who wrote JavaScript and all this different stuff. Right. And maybe butchering a few of these. But anyway, it's about how, like you said, you know, it's about the time that you put in in order to be good at something. So yeah. regardless of your talent level... Like they go to music schools and they would grab these talented musician kids right. and or just musicians and they would, um, you know, really find out about them and, it, and they found out that it wasn't talent really that dictated who was going to be the the most amazing musicians. Right. What it was was the ability to work hard. So that mindset, that workhorse tenacious mindset, right. those are the people that actually, and it definitely helps to be innately talented at it because three years playing every oh, weekend is, is a well, shit ton know, of time but you know, you know what i think it is a little bit though it's the the innate natural talent is a huge thing because first of all we're all looking for um we're all looking for like a, like positive affirmation from somebody so like or when something happens and that clicks like i was talking about earlier like i got that from skateboarding because i sat there and i kick flipped 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 i, kick flipped, I, kick flipped, I kept going for months, trying to kickflip, and then one day, it happened, and I landed it, and I like looked around. I don't even think anybody saw. I was like, "Holy shit!" Opened up a whole new I world. I did it. Yeah, I did that just now. Like, and I did that, and I the first five hundred thousand times I did it, I was so far off, but I did it, and I did it, and I did it, and then I stuck it, and I landed it, and so that was for me to see that, and it opened up my eyes, and it changed my life right there. But that when you're innately talented, that someone gives you a guitar and they strum a little bit, like, dude, you're a natural. Wow, you should be a musician. Right there, any kid, you tell somebody that, he's be like, wow, I, I am. You're right. I like you. You're my dad. You're my best friend. You're my, you know, idol. And you tell me this, like, I'm gonna become a musician now. And that's how it starts. And so even if you're not good at anything right now, anything, like, pick things up. Try it. You know, you don't, you'll never know if you're not, if you're, if you're, if you, you'll never know that you're not a, a child prodigy or a genius at this if you don't try it. Well, not only that, it's crazy, like, it's a random story, but 
you know, my mom retired about five years ago and, uh, a couple of years ago, I walked into her house and I saw this like really amazing painting of just super simple painting, just pears. Right. Just pears. Right. Two pears. And I was like, but for some reason, the painting was really cool. And I was like, mom, and she had it on the wall. And I'm like, mom, this, this is awesome. Where'd you get this? This is new. She's like, oh, I painted that. It's my first painting I've done. You know, I just took an art class and I really love it. And I'm just like, and I look at it and I'm like, are you? shitting me like you That's you painted really that right she's 63 years no actually she's gonna be 66 here pretty soon but uh -huh. at the time was 63 right and i was like you you painted this she's like yeah i was like did you have you ever painted before in your entire life she's like oh no never but she was an artist she was a dancer right, and right, right. you know big in the arts but she had never painted right until she was 63 right and uh, and it's not like she's like the next Van Gogh, but holy shit, dude! Like I was, and so she's just been pumping out awesome painting right, after well, awesome that. painting. Well, you know, I'm painting now. Yes, I know. Yeah, and then that and that's the same thing right there. Like I took some art classes, and I saw it, and I'm like, wow, I could do this. And now I'm fascinated in art. Like I'm, by like art is, art is art. I mean, everything is art. You are art. This thing's art. This house is art. This. Whoever invented this, you know, computer, this is art, you know, everything we do is art. But it's interesting, art, painting, drawing, it's so difficult. But if you just keep working at it and keep practicing it, you can, you'll blow yourself away. And there's, and like, we talk about it in, in Rubicon, we call it cracking codes. Like, that's what makes our business good. We say, oh, this is more efficient. This is, you know, we make, need to make this here and cut this out and do this and, you know, Next, you know, we have a better product, smoother, sleeker, and it's, you know, whatever it is. With art, there's so many tricks to art. Like, if you look at paintings, to, like, know what goes into that art, how many layers, the different types of paint, the strokes, the paint brushes, the different type of canvas, like, all these things are, are, are huge um, variables in the outcome of the painting, you know what I mean? And so to me, it's fascinating to me to look at these things. And now I get why these pieces of painting, these art, this art is in this, these like vaults of like houses or like museums and worth millions of dollars because these are truly works of art. Like this is a one person's months, two months, six months, a year, 10 years goes into this. And like it's, it, it blows you away, like the, the, the detail that goes into it. And I'm fascinated by it now. And I think art needs to be more, it needs to be more, uh, I mean, people need to appreciate it more. And they need to like look into it more because it's, a, it's, an, it's an incredible thing to be able to create something. And, uh, and then you get to sit back and enjoy the fruit of your labor, you know, or have other people enjoy the fruit of your labor. When did you have a realization about an, or an appreciate, or the first kindling of an appreciation for art of any type. Um, it was about uh, it was about a year ago. Really? Yeah, about a year and a half ago. And I, um, you know, I just I, I've always known like I've, I and I don't take this wrong way. Like I've always known there's something going to be greater for me than paintball, and paintball is this huge stepping stone, this huge platform that's put me to where I am now. And um, you know, I don't know what it is yet, <clears throat> what it's going to be. But it's going to be some sort of art, whether it's going to be um, painting or dance or theater or whatever it is or writing a book about my life. I don't know what it is, 
but that's going to be art. And I, I've always known that. And so I started looking at it and I started just, <clears throat> I just appreciate things differently now. You know, I think, and I think that's part of getting older. Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid, you just kind of like are so, you know, so in such a whirlwind of who you are and trying to, you know, your ego and like trying to be cool and like, you know, like, I don't know, you're just a kid, you know? And then I think once you get a little bit older and you like kind of like step back a second, you look and you go, holy shit, like, look at how cool all this stuff is that's going on around me. Like, I can do this. I can be a part of this. Like, I can, uh, I can make this. And, you know, I, I truly believe um, we are put on this earth to create, like, hence procreation. Making a baby is creating something. And, you know, everybody creates, you know, these, these beings. And you need to realize that that's a, a big piece of work of art. And, uh, and just creation, the creation process. If we never created computers or, or roofs over our head or hunting tools, we'd be dead, you know? Well, I mean, that, that's been entire human history, exactly. or at least modern human history, of right. course. But, uh, but even you could almost say that the uh, kind of ancestral lessons learned of human beings taking over the planet uh, which required Herculean efforts of, in, I mean, dude, the col- colonizing Polynesia with all that story, the exodus out of Africa. I mean, look, think of all of the heroic, oh, ridiculous, amazing stories that have been lost because there was no writing. There was barely, there was language at the time, but right. regardless. And, but yeah, life is, de- but then all those lessons were learned and then boom, all of a sudden modern agriculture, right. cities began, all of the different trappings of civilization started presenting themselves right. and organizing things and making things more complex. But those, that toughness still existed right. and all of that toughness then brought to bear on the modern condition kind of formed us into this hive civilization that we live in now. I mean, you walk into Manhattan, that entire geography sure. has been completely co-opted and molded by human intention. Right. And... Yeah, yeah, everything you see in New York has been brought there, placed there from yeah. somebody's vision, somebody's idea. But even, but even, mo- I mean, and anyone listening to this, I mean, the house you live in, the room that you're sitting in right now, yeah. looking at, it was completely molded by human intention. No, everything I mean, was designed. The, every any anything that that's a, a piece of furniture was designed and created by somebody. The the actual design of the house itself you live on, the foundation has been carved out by bulldozers and laid the double rebar totally. concrete in and all the piping that goes out to connect you to yeah. the hive. It's you know, all that. It's all created by thought and intention. Exactly. But then now, again, the parallels with paintball is that, you know, with like Dynasty and your career in and of itself, is that something that you've kind of just fly by the seat of your pants or was it, an, it wasn't an in, like some sort of intention? Maybe it was a subconscious or I mean... Was yeah, it no, guided it was, in this trajectory? It was absolutely, uh, it was absolutely a conscious decision in my book because I loved paintball and I knew that I was going to make the most of it that I could possibly make. Did you want to make an adventure out of I it? I wanted to be the best at it. I wanted to make an adventure out of it. I wanted to write a, write a story that I didn't even know where it was going to go or how it was going to end, but I knew that it was going to be a great story. It's funny because that you say that because... Uh... You know, uh, so Oliver's got a website right now. What's what's your website? <laughs> it's ollielay.com. I'm actually right in the middle of uh, of redoing it too. So hopefully everybody that's listening can can tune in to ollielay.com. Clinics, actually, products, get out whatever you well, want. Well, no, actually, kind of. <clears throat> I'm I'm really happy that we're doing this, and this is why I wanted to do this with you is because what I want to do on my website is I'm not by any way like a master writer, but 
you know, I, I learn things and I see things every day and or, you know, on my trips, right? Just like how to deal with people. And I, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to, um, I want to, I want to be able to voice that on my website. And I want people to be able to go on my website. And I, it's weird and it's hard to explain, but I want it to, my website, I want it to make you better. It's not just Ollie Lane Paintball, come here and buy a jersey. It's tune in, see where I'm at, see what I've been doing. Here's a little, a little, little uh, bullet of what happened to me on the airplane where this happened, where I saw human compassion and this was great. And, you know, or, or there's a story about this person who did this, who doesn't have legs and like, you know, I, I want you to be able to come onto it, look at it, you know, tune in, read the little bit and say, wow, I just learned that from Oliver and that's how I can be better if I do this or like, you know, maybe I can, maybe like you tell me to read a book. I go on there and I, and I say, hey, you know, read this book and I, it changed my life and then you can read, other people can read it and it trickles all down, you know, like there's been a couple things that like you told me about the, uh, the war of art. Actually, Alex told me that you gave it to Alex, and you heard it from a Joe Rogan podcast, which mm. I now listen to. Rogan's podcast is fucking badass. I think this one's pretty good too. <laughs> we gave it our best shot. So, but uh, I, you know, like if like the the War of Art, like not the Art of War, the War of Art. If you guys are listening, was uh, it was awesome. Like it was just you know, I mean, it's it's well, it's Pressfield, a book. Pressfield, it is a beautiful book because. It speaks to your soul, man. I mean, it Press, does. Pressfield, and it's just so real. Stephen Pressfield was a guy who he's done a lot of. He's he's a very successful author. He's written very successful books. You know, Google Stephen Pressfield uh, if you love reading war books. Which, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably gonna love a war book because you're right. into paintball. So, anyway, uh, he, he wrote uh, Gates of Fire, which is about Thermopylae, the right. Greeks fighting the Persians. He right. wrote uh, The Tides of War. He's written about Alexander the Great, the Amazons. I mean, he's done a ton of awesome shit. Anyway, he didn't get su- successful until, uh, you know, he's like in his 60s now, but he didn't get successful until kind of later in life. So he wrote this book called The War of Art, and it's about how you've got to win your inner creative battles. And he basically says that, you know, it doesn't really matter what you want to be. You want to be a surgeon. You want to be a, a musician. You want to own a business, a CEO, run a nonprofit, whatever. Everything is done through action. Right. And, you know, give us what give us what you got. And if you don't give us what you got, not only do you hurt yourself, which you absolutely do, right. but you hurt every other human being oh, on planet Earth because you may, maybe you're going to create the next habitat for humanity. Right, or the cure with, for AIDS or something or the, like or that. Or cure yeah. cancer, exactly. whatever. You know, exactly. maybe you're the next Nikola Tesla, you know, right. regardless. Right. If you don't have a, if you can't fight past your inner creative battles, which are the hardest battles to fight, and, he, and the thing that's amazing about the book, and, and it's totally relevant to paintball, because everyone has that, probably even you, has that demon on your shoulder going. That resistance. You, that resistance. You suck. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, just oh, oh you're in. tired. Take a Go nap. Go out and get wasted right. tonight. Yeah, right. you're tired. Go take a nap. You know, totally. and there's been a lot of different names put on that thing, but he puts the name resistance, resistance with a capital right. R on that right. shit. But, you um, could be the next Nikola Tesla out there listening to this podcast. That's huge. Like we need you, <laughs> Nick. Yeah, humanity definitely get out needs there. You. Paintball, make needs this you. happen. Paintball, but that's the thing, and that's why I think. But it's interesting because you know every struggle you deal with is totally is re- relatable to anyone who's beginning in the game, anyone who's struggling with their team, their 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 life situation. You know, I mean, right. you're you're trying to fit all this in and running. You have to run your business and. You know, obviously, you know, you've carved out this awesome life for yourself. So what's, before we kind of sign off, because I'm sure we could talk all night, but 
what's next for you, man? I mean, I, you're heading down to uh, South America? Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, this is pretty interesting. Also really crazy. But um, I'm moving to South uh, America for this off season. I'm going to Ecuador, doing a clinic and a tournament. And then I'm headed right to the jungle. And, um, you know, th- this is going to be a big part of my life where I really I want to um, completely clear my head. I want to detach. I want to be far away. I want to be eating really healthy, really well. You know, like, don't get me wrong. I love beer. You know, I love all these things. I love stuffing my face with junk food. Who doesn't? But, you know, all these things are a little bit of um, resistance, uh, resistance and, they, and they push you down a little bit. I want to completely clear my head. I want to come back um, after this off season, and I want to be the highest level of Oliver Lang that he could ever be. And I don't know if that's going to happen on this, just, uh, this trip. I might, I might need more time, but I'm going to learn a lot about myself down there. And then I'd, uh, I'd like to come back. I'd like to focus on my website. I'd like to focus on getting a little bit more creative. Um, of course, I'm, I'm going to be practicing all the arts that I could possibly be doing. Um, uh, i got to figure out what's next for the Rubicon. And, um, you know, I've, I've been living in San Diego for quite some time. I think it's time to maybe make a move and get some new wrinkles in my brain, learn some new things, see some new things, meet new people. I'm thinking about moving up to Los Angeles, and I think... What I like about Los Angeles, although it's crazy and hectic, but there's people up there doing things, and it's um, it's a very fast-paced life. And I'd like to, in the next ten years, figure out um, how I can make not only me better, but everybody else better. Um, and uh, you know, whether it's you know a book or a novel or do some sort of television stuff or whatever it may be, um, I think I can again use what I've learned from paintball to catapult into any other career that I want to get into, you know. And I don't know what uh, the rest of my life holds ahead of me, but I have seen visions of me older and happier. And, um, you know, of course, ideally one day I'd like to have a, a beautiful, some beautiful children. So we'll see what, uh, you know, how long that takes, and I'm ready to work hard at it. <laughs> when are you going to come back? Uh, I'll be back just before the first event, like in March. So I like to come in. I think I think give, I'll miss no, give a yourself enough time to train. And... I'll give a couple. I'll give. I'll probably miss a, the first couple of practices. Um, you know, which will be, which I hate missing practices. But I think it'll be kind of good for the team for me not to be there and kind of get everybody like really going and then like really come in with like a huge juicy burst of energy for everybody and come in really hot and try to win these first couple of events. You know, and uh, and the next year I'm playing in Europe with the Polar Bears. Russian team, Ryan and I both are, which will be fun. That'll be good, dude. That's and, definitely um, going to be interesting. I mean, it's always difficult to play with European teams because the language barrier and you know not being able to practice with them, which is always a, um, a difficult task. But it's been done before, and uh, I'm ready to do it again. And it'll be fun. And so we'll see. You know, I mean, life is long. You know, you got to take, you got to treat yourself well and take care of yourself. And um, you know, I mean, again, we we're speaking about. It. I could play till I'm 50. I could, you know, I could. We'll see, you know. So, I'm excited. That's the that's the cool thing. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely have to to touch base when you get back. I mean, obviously, just to hang out, but for sure, maybe do another podcast or yeah, something. Yeah, absolutely. I like I like doing these podcasts. I like uh, I like, you know, like I said, like the website. I want to be getting people inform- information, good content, not just how to play paintball or you know how to do this. Yeah. It's like we're all human beings. We're all put here on this earth. Let's be the best we can be. And uh, if I can help you, I would love to help you. And if I can ever help you, and if I do help you, let me know. Or if I don't help you, let me know. <laughs> like, I'll, 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 
I'd like all these sort of constructive criticism. Just input in general. Input oh, in general is important. I, I remember what I wanted to say. So you, you're working on your website and working on a little bit of writing for the intro, but it, it, something came to my mind and it was something that I'd included in one of the wedding ceremonies recently. And it was uh, that how, if it's true that when you die, your life flashes before your eyes, right. that the last story you're ever going to hear or see is your own story. Right. So you better make it a good one. Absolutely. And, and then I, I was that. hoping to God that before you go, that we will have figured out the technology to record that particular right, story right, right. so that we all get to watch well, that. Well, see, I mean, there's this is something that I don't know how it's going to happen, but I have these incredible visions and dreams that are in my head, and I've seen these things, and, I, and I've, like, digested some very, like, uh, in-depth conversations with myself and I need to figure out how I can get that onto paper for other people because it's a powerful message. <clears throat> I mean, mm -hmm. it's just like this, but, you know, I truly believe the human race is in, a, is in a good part, is in a good standing in the world right now. We've been through a lot. We've done a lot. But these next years, we need to really, like, we need to really help each other out. And we really need to help the world out. We need to really, you know, I mean, we need to do it for humanity. I mean, as, as cheesy as that may sound. No, no, you're you're right. You, I mean, like, but that's that's, I mean, that's a whole other podcast. But yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. I mean, there's a lot of very visceral uh, questions that need to get answered and, and stuff that needs to get taken care of for us to continue to plunge yeah. forward. But regardless, hey man, thanks for thanks for sitting in. It's my pleasure, dude. Thanks um, for having me. No problem. Thanks for doing everything. And you know, I, I hope that, I mean, my hat goes off to you guys over there at PB Access. You guys are doing. A, hell of a job so thank you and i hope everybody else out there listening and tuning in appreciates what maddie's doing and what paintball access is doing for this for the sport because this is just outstanding by far people gotta know the stories man people gotta know the stories but more than that you know i mean you guys are just you're also not only are you telling the stories but you're also documenting these stories you know and um it's just cool to be able to log on and watch games and see new content and that's exactly what the sport needed so you guys are doing a hell of a job. Well, hey, thank you. We're keeping it up uh, in the off season, and then hopefully, you know, or not hopefully, but 2014 is going to be an amazing season. Paintball, there's going to be. We'll keep the podcasts and the breakdowns and tons of content coming at you guys. So thank you guys for listening to the Real Deal Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Share the content. Preach the paintball gospel. It's an admirable thing to do. Uh, to make yourself better, man, and enjoy the world. Yeah, follow me on Instagram too, Ollie Lang. Absolutely. And yeah, you got any sh sponsors you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, all my sponsors, uh, HK, of course, and Eclipse, doing an outstanding job. And, um, you know, my team, that's who I really want to shout out to. Of course. So, uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram, Ollie Lang, official fan page. And then also on Facebook, I've got an Ollie Lang fan page now. I just, I'm trying to get my act together, you know, a little bit. You get know, your social time. networking and, game yeah, up. Yeah, I'm trying to do that. Apparently, that's important. Kind of in yeah. this in this hyper-connected world, yeah. Oliver. If, and if, then, it's do, if it's not Instagram, it doesn't happen. Bro. Yeah, no, I feel you. <laughs> and then go on ollielang.com. Hopefully, I can have some stuff up there, some good content. You can follow it. You can see the, see the light and uh, just enjoy life. Absolutely. Enjoy life. There you go. Perfect ending. Thanks for tuning in to The Real Deal Podcast. I'm Maddie Marshall with Oliver Lang, and we will see you guys next time.